junkies this is ghostbusters afterlife we've just come from the uk fan screening um i have to say back in 1984 when i first saw it i went with my nan um i don't remember what she thought of it but uh, i remember coming out of the cinema and just being blown away by what i'd just seen the monsters the ghosts the tech the ghost busting guns the traps the car the sauciness of sigourney weaver the craziness and the twisted kind of idea of romance that was in Rick Moranis. Oh, Bill Murray's droll delivery. Harold Ramis's ridiculous science. I would recommend before you go and see Ghostbusters Afterlife, you certainly go and see the 1984 movie. Now, this is a non-spoiler review. There are spoiler reviews out. It's been out in America and seen at Comic-Con, I think, about a month ago. But I'm just doing this as a non-spoiler and then we'll do a spoiler review further down the way. Now, there has been Ghostbusters 2. I found that less memorable. And of course, there was the 2016 Ghostbusters, directed by Paul Feig, was it? Starring Christine Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. We saw that. I mean, it was signed off by Ivan Reitman, who's the guy who directed the originals and produced the originals. But it didn't feel right. And a lot of people uh, laid into that film because of the female cast. That's not the reason to lay into it. It just wasn't very good. And it just didn't get some of the cornerstones of what re-resurrecting or resuscitating an 80s franchise type thing is all about. Just didn't get it. Um, I mean, some people criticised it for the Saturday Night Live cast, but think about it. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, we already had a Saturday Night Live cast in the original film. So anyway, this one is directed by Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman. Um, and Jason Reitman's done films like Juno, he did Up in the Air, he did that film Tully with Charlize Theron, who has just become a mum and it's sort of all that strange mysticism um, around whether she's having a baby, whether she has a nanny and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, he's made good films. But um, this film, so this film, let's get into it, Ghostbusters Afterlife, it stars Paul Rudd, uh, Carrie Coon, uh, Finn Wolfhard's in there. And then, of course, we've got a load of newcomers in the form of the kids. Now, in terms of the cast, I have to say this film absolutely whacks you between the eyes. At times, it was like watching The Goonies for the first time. It was like Stand By Me. It was like all those scenes in E.T. where all the kids are around. The, the kids in this film are phenomenal. And they're led by, they're led by McKenna Grace, who uh, Kiki apparently knew from so many other things. Apparently, she's been in loads. She was in I, Tonya. She was in Ready Player One. She's in Captain Marvel. She plays the central girl who's essentially a wannabe scientist kid. Um, and she, you know, she plays that scientific bod nerd so well, so well. And her her carrying of, of really carrying a huge amount of the plot uh, and carrying the way in which we kind of reaccess most of the tech and most of the story and most of the story arc that relates back to the original Ghostbusters. She's the key and she's brilliant. But she is ably helped by one of the most brilliant young performances I've seen in a long time and this is by Logan Kim and this is his first film I mean this is quite something by all accounts when he was talking live at New York Comic Con or somewhere he's, he comes across as quite precocious but when you see him act in this he plays a character called podcast why you call podcast someone says he says because I record a podcast uh, he runs around with a microphone he's recording everything in a sort of faux journalistic fashion for his podcast um, he's interrogative he's inquiring he's got funny quips he's constantly got this running commentary like she enters the room with a fear of the force of the god Zeus you know all this kind of stuff arched funny very witty and, and a great addition Finn Wolfhard's in there from Stranger Things. Uh, he's good. He doesn't have an awful lot to do, but he's very good, actually, and it's nice to see him in something else. Though, I would say that this 
Well, in a sense, the ensemble acting in this is very like Stranger Things at times, you know, so there's a sort of interchangeability with them. This film captures that Spielbergian 80s feel so successfully, so successfully. And part of that is down to the child cast, because, of course, they all riff off each other and play off each other so brilliantly. But a huge part of that, as you've seen from the trailers, this is a non-spoiler review, uh, is in the tech, the production design and the set design. Now, what I like about this film is the fact that it, it uses that idea that was used in Star Wars and Alien and Blade Runner and all these other films and the original Ghostbusters, obviously, which is this thing called battered realism. So when we stumble across the pieces of kit, when we stumble across the Ghostbusters car, when you stumble across the costumes and the, and the phasers or whatever they're called, you know, the and all that and the traps, they look like they've been used. They look like they've been left. They look like they've been smashed up, battered. It's real. It's real. And what I like about this, something you see in the trailer, is that even the archive of the original Ghostbusters, when they were calling out, which you see on YouTube, that's, even that footage has a sort of battered realism to it. So that's all brilliant, too. Something else I liked in this, this isn't giving anything away. You know, there are occasions where when you see ghosts and monsters and all that kind of stuff, which you're bound to see, they go for the, uh, the real build. They've got a real life-sized creature. They've made it. So they're interacting with it. So you've got a bit of that going on. It's not just CGI. But where there is CGI, what's even more remarkable about this film is that they managed to recreate the CGI and special effects so that they have a feel of the original films. But if you look at the original films now, the CGI and everything's a bit naff, obviously, because technology's moved on. But with new technology, they've managed to make the CGI and special effects, special visual effects, look have a battered realism to them too. So it felt like the original, but it had moved on, but it wasn't jarring, if you know what I mean. So it all felt very familiar. Adult performers, Paul Rudd. Well, you could argue that one of the things this film was always going to lack was Bill Murray. He was a, he was an absolutely instrumental and pivotal part of the original films, certainly the original film. Um, and you haven't got him, but you have got Paul Rudd, and he delivers that same droll, downbeat, quirky, offbeam kind of sense of humour that one just strives for and is desperate for in a film like this. The biggest surprise for me, yet again, though I've discovered after reading what she, who, she, who she is and what she's been in, is Carrie Coon. Now, Carrie Coon, who we saw recently in The Nest with Jude Law, she is phenomenal. Within the first five minutes, she's the mum, basically, of Finn and the young girl uh, played by McKenna Grace. She's so not only so real, but she's so sort of down to earth and she's so crabby and she's she's a real mum and she's a mum that isn't a perfect mum and and it's just authentic and so there was i hate to use the toe keep using the term there's even a battered realism to the mum that's what i liked about it so you had all of that music now music i've not seen in any of the reviews of it from america much talk about the music now what they do with the music which is really clever though you could some would argue oh it's derivative <laughs> all sequels are derivative what's great about the music in this is they use exactly the same themes and refrains and, uh, you know, melodies to trigger new scenes much as they did in the first film. And so that just that just triggers and reminds you of that nostalgic hit. You're taken back to that moment when you're like, oh my God, this was when I was 14 and, and this music played at the point that uh, Sigourney did and at the point that Rick Moranis and at the point that the, the Slimer came flying down the corridor and all that kind of stuff. What I also like about this film is they don't overplay 
their ghost hand. I mean, there are ghosts, obviously, but they don't go nuts with it. They don't go ramming it down your throat. It's a good story arc. It's well acted. It's funny and it's believable. And contrasting to the original film, which is very much set in a metropolis, New York and all that kind of malarkey. This is set within, a, I think it's Oklahoma, is it? Uh, it's really set out in the sort of dust bowl environment, which is, I think, a nice contrast. The script was amusing. The script was, was tight. I thought the script was tight. You know, it's, it's a mainstream pulp piece of entertainment. It's got the marshmallow man. Well, it hasn't got marshmallow men in it. It's got little marshmallow babies, lots and lots of little marshmallow babies. And they're kind of sort of naughty and they bite things. And then there's a wonderful scene where they're kind of doing weird shit in the actual uh, supermarket. It's in the trailer, uh, but I won't tell you exactly what they do because it's very funny. Um, you know, everyone was very believable. Everyone gave it their all. I had countless goosebump moments in this film. You know, it builds to a wondrous crescendo. Um, I had many goosebump moments, a little bit like the moment um, Han Solo, spoiler alert here, Han Solo got killed in The Force Awakens. I'm sure there's no one who doesn't know that that happens. But when he did, I literally went, ah, in the cinema. And there were many times in this film where I went, ah, just like that. Um, so what would I score this film? Bearing in mind, it's very hard to do a review when you can't talk about any of the plot developments, really. But within it, the cast was strong, the music was strong. The monsters were strong. The look, production design, set design was really strong. And really, it's one of those films where actually the production design is really doing a lot of the heavy lifting and really take, transporting us back, but also transporting us forward. Because I do feel that there could be another one on the way. And I think this is the right treatment of it. I was getting every 80s hit you could go. And in fact, to the point that if they ever think of remaking The Goonies, they need to get Jason Reitman and his dad, Ivan Reitman, on, the, on that project. Because it, it could work. It could work. There were times in this which was very Goonies. For, it's Goonies. It was like the Goonies. What would I give it? For what it is, I would give this... Well, why would I give it 98? I'll give this 100 out of 100. I had, I had a wonderful two hours in the cinema. It was fantastic. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.